Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Desiree Duffy. Desiree is the founder of Black Chateau, as well as Books That Make You, a multimedia brand that promotes books and authors through its award-winning website, podcast, and radio show. And she also puts on the Book Fest, an award-winning online book festival that brings together book lovers from around the world. Desiree, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to tell a little bit more about who you are and what you do, but you had just mentioned before the call that the Book Fest is coming up. So when's that happening? That is April 17th and 18th. Okay. And yeah, so we, we, this is the third one that we've done. We did it in the fall and we did it last year around this time. It was actually on May 9th last year. And we pulled it together really fast because we were experiencing COVID and lockdown and nobody was doing events. And so we said, let's try to do something online. And that was the genesis of the book fest. So now less than a year later, we're on our third one. Yeah, that is impressive. So in, going forward, is it going to be a couple times a year like that or what's going to be the structure? Yeah, that's the plan to do it in the spring and in the fall. So we're going to do it again in the fall. And yeah, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling. Love it. Well, listeners, you probably will be listening to this a little after that, just as far as our editing goes. But the good thing is there's going to be multiple book fests. So we'll make sure to put some information in the description here so you can check that out and uh, go from there. But Desiree, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you do? I know that's a real brief introduction. So tell us about what you do, Black Chateau, all that good stuff. Sure, my pleasure. Well, the, the nice thing too about the Book Fest, just so people know, is we curate all that content and it'll be on the Books That Make You YouTube page. So if, and okay. if anybody misses it live, you can go back and, and watch past panels and conversations. And we'll segue right into what Black Chateau yeah. is. So this that's the company I founded. It's a PR marketing agency that focuses on authors and personality brands. And we're going into our fifth year and we help authors primarily promote and get their books out on the market. When somebody is a personality brand, what that means is, you know, somebody like yourself, a business owner, somebody like many people in your audience who have a nonfiction book and that book is great. It might tell, you know, the best sales strategies or might even be their memoir, but the book ultimately is a calling card for their business. So a lot of times when we're working with personality brands, that's what we're talking about. People who are specifically like your audience, but then we also work with fiction authors as well. And we do lots of different things to launch books in the PR and the marketing world. And then Black Chateau again is that main company. That's the agency. We started Books That Make You as a consumer facing brand. That's a website, like you said, I think you covered it very well. It's a show, we have social media that reaches the people who love to read. And then the Book Fest oddly kind of pulls those two worlds together. It is an online book fest and it caters to readers on the first day on Saturday and then it caters to writers on the second day. So it's for those who love to read and for those who love to write. Yeah, that's great a cool world you're building of all related to book publishing and, and a love of reading in general. So that's, that's really interesting. So you mentioned this a little bit already in what you were saying, but 
as far as if someone is thinking about publishing a book, what kind of can that do for a brand or a business? And what are some of the benefits of that? Besides just, it's a big accomplishment, obviously, to, to publish a book, but for the business or brand, what do you think that can kind of lead to? Yeah, for somebody who is an entrepreneur, somebody who's a business leader, business owner, it can really establish your credibility in your space. Think of the fact that it, you, that book becomes almost like your calling card. We even call them calling card books. Hmm. You could literally hand one to somebody, a client walking into your office. And think about the credibility and the clout that that helps establish. I know lots of authors who do events. Maybe they're at a conference and then they can sell or maybe even give the book away. It becomes mm -hmm. that item in, in the gift bag. So in many ways, it becomes a lead magnet in and of itself. And it helps, again, establish your credibility. It can open up a, a world for if you're doing any kind of workshops or panels or sessions, consulting, whatever your business is, that book helps establish your authority in that space. That's powerful. I'm just thinking of the few times that I've read a book from someone I knew, and I remember how impressed I was and how I instantly thought of their subject matter knowledge so much more deeply is like, wow, I didn't realize you knew so much even without reading. So yeah, that's great. So for someone who's thinking of potentially writing a book or going through the publishing process, I'm sure there's so much insight and wisdom you could give, but what are a couple key insights you'd, you'd share to someone who's just kind of beginning that process? Sure. Well, really think about what your subject matter is. What is it that you want to say? What's your big idea, especially within your space? And I suggest looking at comparable titles. That's something that we would do with an author anyway. We'd look at the comparable titles or comp titles that are on the market and see, just like with branding, right? Just like positioning your brand, where does your book fit on that shelf? Are you gonna say something different than what's already out there? How are you gonna say it differently? And you know, really think of who your core audience is. You're talking to the person that would eventually be a client of yours, what are the messages that you want to get out there? So kind of establishing what the branding of your book is going to be and how it relates to your personal brand, I think is one of the first steps. And then just kind of start writing notes, keeping track of what you want to say. And there's a couple of different types of books that we can do. We can do the traditional nonfiction book and it might be a self-help book. So think of how you're going to help people. It can also be a book that establishes what your business is, gives advice, you know, best sales tips for people who are starting out as an entrepreneur, for example. And then another type of book too is a memoir. So a memoir is going to tell a personal story or something that's in your life that can tend to be a little bit more intimate, but I've seen a lot of business professionals use the memoir as well. So think about what type of book you want to offer how it's going to fit in the marketplace, what your big idea is, and start taking down notes so you have the framework when you're ready to write. I'm hearing you say there's a lot of strategy involved. Would you agree? There is. <laughs> yeah. So it ties in, ties in well with really a lot of marketing and business ownership is that, yeah, make sure you think about where you're going before you get started here, right? Make sure you're not, I like what you said, are, make sure you're saying things differently or no, at least are you saying things differently than, than other people are? Because I think a lot of us, a lot of our thoughts in kind of our subject area come from a lot of the things we've read, right? So you don't want to just go out there and rewrite something that has been written before. So it's an interesting piece. Yeah. That strategy side is all encompassing on business. It's, it's always key to go through that step of kind of planning and thinking. So 
I know we talked before the call about native advertising. Can you explain a little bit what that is and, and how it can be utilized? Sure. So native advertising is an article and it's advertised. So many business owners might have heard of Taboola or Outbrain. Those are those platforms that are kind of dominant in that space. What it is, is literally writing an article that you advertise. And we've seen these before. I bet you you've seen them before. If you're on a website like Mashable or any of the news type websites, MSNBC and Fox, all of them have these feeds. And you might see it at, listed as sponsored content or paid content. It's like an advertorial back in the days. That's what we call them as advertorials. Hmm. But a lot of brands are using them. And the nice thing is that your, your marketing message, your approach is a little bit more subtle. It can be a piece about your brand, about your company, about your message, about your services, but it's woven into an article. Now, how we use them specifically is we like to write listicles. And a listicle, again, is just a type of article. You've seen them all before, like the top 10 books to bring mm -hmm. with you to the beach. Who doesn't like to click on stuff like that? Yeah. Very clickbaity in, in a way. We like to write our listicles, obviously, with our books and our authors in mind. So it's a lot of, you know, the best books to buy mom for Mother's Day. Great books that are perfect for gift giving. Those types of articles. And again, you can take those articles and you actually advertise them. And it's an advertising platform, just like you find on any other like Google or Facebook, you can target your audience, you pay per click, you have different headlines, different graphics, different images, and it can really be a great way to funnel people to your website. And of course, once you get them on your website, right, that's the goal. Once you get them there, mm -hmm. you can look for a conversion in a lot of different ways. Maybe you have remarketing set up on your website, so you can kind of remarket to them whatever your offer might be. You can offer for them to sign up for your newsletter. You know, there's lots of different ways. Download a free white paper, whatever it happens to be. But ultimately, if you kind of look at your, your sales funnel, it can be a great top of funnel type of a method to drive people and tra drive traffic to your site. Yeah, what I like about that is kind of on the same page as writing a book, it's just building so much trust and credibility with the audience as soon as that's out there. I think the hard thing when you're kind of creating a, a lead magnet or starting kind of that sales funnel, like you're saying, is, is making sure that people are trusting you, making sure that they see you as an expert in that field. So both for writing a book, which is in my mind, one of the biggest pieces of credibility. If I see you have a book, like we said before, I instantly think you're credible, well-earned or not. But with articles as well, I think that's a great way to build trust and show someone that you, you really do know what you're talking about. So I love that. I think that's a really solid add-on to put into that funnel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you can be really creative with it too. And the nice thing about these ad platforms is you can have several different articles with different messages and you can target different types of people, different types of clients, et cetera. So it's a really mm -hmm. great tool to have in your marketing tool belt. Yeah. Well, I hope that after listening to that kind of portion about what you do specifically with the publishing and the book side, that more of our listeners maybe consider putting some of their knowledge down into a book or into an article at least and start sharing some of that because I think that's so valuable both for themselves and for whatever their audience is as well. So that's cool. So Desiree, how did you get from the, I know we talked, you had been in the corporate world and then you got into the world of entrepreneurship. What did that journey and that transition look like for you? Well, I got to tell you, Nate, it was a lot of kicking, screaming, <laughs> <pain>. <laughs> sleepless nights. <laughs> 
But really, there was that moment, and I know it sounds so cliche, but we've all heard the old saying that if you don't build your dream, somebody is going to hire you to build theirs. That's actually from a very famous book. And that resonated with me. I was working for somebody, and great guy, great company, loved it. But I just realized I could do everything that I was doing there for my own company. Mm. I could do it my way. And I could focus on an industry I love, which are books and authors. And I could really just create my own world that way and have the ability, the freedom to do things like the book best and create books that make you. And so really that was the driving force is realizing that at some point I either needed to do it or I needed to just say, hey, for the rest of my life, I'm going to work for somebody else. That's what drove me to do it. I think the thing too is now, oddly with the pandemic and things shifting in the corporate world, shifting in how we even work, a lot of us just realize that, hey, I can do a lot of my work from home. Think about how you can run your own business from home because we have these barriers that were set up. Oh, I need a storefront. I need a physical location. I need all of these things that they, they get really scary, right? You know, how am I going to afford the rent for an office space? Well, your home can be your office space. So I think now with, you know, some of the things that have happened in this world with social distancing and the pandemic and just companies and corporations shifting in so many ways, it's actually going to open up a whole new world for people who have that entrepreneurial spirit. Totally agree. I think one of the good things that has come out of the pandemic, obviously, not a huge amount of good things. But if we're looking at the the silver lining, I think that's one of them is that working from home is a lot more normalized and running an entire business from a home or from a non-office is, yeah, seen as, seen as okay. It's, it's not taboo anymore. I was working from home before the pandemic and I remember feeling a little self-conscious that people would meet with me, prospective client, oh, you're working from home. We're not working with you. And I never experienced that, but I always felt that. And I think after continuing to work from home and just meeting with a lot of people who also are working from home or running businesses from home, even especially when I talk to people who run businesses much bigger, much more successful than mine, and they're from their home, I'm like, all right, this is great. This is normal. This is an okay thing. And, and like you said, it's great for the business. I mean, as far as overhead goes, you're saving on so much overhead without rent and utilities and all the office supplies and office furnishings. I mean, man, that just eats up a budget. So I think that's really an interesting piece and, and I love it. I mean, I love working from home. I know some people do not, but I'm going to, I'm going to claim that as a silver lining from COVID. So, <laughs> so as far as your journey into entrepreneurship and your building of the business so far, what are some insights you can share with others who are either considering getting into entrepreneurship or are already business owners and just some tips you can share there? I think scalability is probably the, the biggest hurdle because as entrepreneurs, we end up doing it all, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We wear every hat there is. Yeah. We are our own accountant. We're our own marketer. We're our own salesperson. We're providing the product, the service, or whatever it is. We're sourcing. We're doing all of those things ourselves. And I think probably the, the biggest struggle is finding the right people to hire and when to hire. I started out with my business as a sole proprietor. And I mean, I think this is something that you're familiar with and can speak to too. There's different types of businesses. You know, do you want to become an LLC? Do you want to start out as a sole proprietor and work your way into that? And what does that mean when you start bringing on employees? Having contractors is great. 
you have to be very careful about how you hire contractors and the type of work you give them. And then at a certain point, do you want to bring in somebody that's going to work with you as a partner, as an employee? You know, it's really scary to think, okay, I'm going to suddenly take $60,000 out of my revenue and pay that to an employee. And then right. there's the insurance and all of that. So mm -hmm. I feel that's probably one of the, the biggest hurdles that I'm facing. I have to imagine that a lot of other entrepreneurs are feeling the same thing. It's like, when do you kind of segue and scale up? And I think it's just a matter of planning, really crunching your numbers, looking at your books mm -hmm. and seeing when you can pull somebody in. Yeah, I'm totally on the same page with you. I totally agree that that's probably one of the most fearful moments in the life of an entrepreneur in the life of business is kind of that transition period where you're going from doing it all and feeling, okay, I, I got this. I'm, I'm kind of juggling all these roles to trusting someone enough to bring them on and take care of your clients or your projects, which when you're running a business feels so dear to you, at least they do to me, I'm sure they do to you too, you know, handing off a client to, to someone else is scary. <laughs> What kind of helped you in that transition? I mean, you mentioned looking at the numbers, crunching the numbers, make sure that made sense. And I love that with, you know, that's, that's what I do all day. So I love that you brought that up, but what else kind of helped you get through that transition point? I think just having really good people and vetting people, you know, finding the right people. Mm -hmm. You can do that through a recruiter. If it's not something that you feel is within your ability, you know, making sure that you're asking that potential employee the right questions I have a, a cute little question that I've been using now for several years. And I like to ask a potential, either contractor or an employee, if I asked you to get me a pink elephant that I could keep in the office as a pet, what would you do? <laughs> and it's really, yeah, it makes you laugh. And what I'm really going for is how you're going to respond to something that seems that seems impossible. Mm -hmm. Because what I want to see, and what I think most business owners would want to see, is somebody who's not going to say, well, no, pink elephants don't exist. Duh. Mm -hmm. Because then that person is going to be the type that's just going to tell you no whenever you ask them to do something sure. that seems impossible. You want to see the creativity. You want to see if people are going to go out and search and some of the great answers I've gotten over the years, I've had people that have Googled and found pink elephants for me. <laughs> They're a real thing. And there was software that was called pink elephant. So when somebody is creative and they show you that they're going to be fearless in their desire to make the company better, even in facing something that seems impossible, to me, that's the kind of person I want on my team. So think of that as well. How are you going to find the right people for your team? And whether it's a little question like that or something, you know, it could be a, a quiz or some kind of out of the box type thing, rather than just scanning through a resume mm -hmm. that was probably written by a recruiter or, you know, help along the way anyway, you know, really make sure you're vetting the people to find the right ones for your team. Yeah, that's great. I laughed because the thought of being asked that in an interview terrified me. When you said that, I was just imagining being in an interview and being asked that and just blanking. I think that's a great question. I think I would probably try to find you a stuffed pink elephant and just, you know, say, Here, here's your pink elephant. That's interesting. But what that makes me think of is, you know, just really preparing your questions for who you want to hire ahead of time. And, and you, you mentioned this, but not just giving them kind of a general slate of questions or just, can you be to work on time? Can you handle the responsibilities? But really thinking about what do I want this person to do in the business? What do I want them to bring? 
and then really tailoring your questions to kind of hit on those key pieces. So I think that's a, a really interesting piece. I would love to see a, a listicle of responses to that. So that's great. Oh, I should do that. <laughs> I love the niche that you're in. I love the work that you're doing with books. Do you have any other parting thoughts on writing or publishing books for entrepreneurs before we finish up here? Because I think that's a really interesting piece that a lot of entrepreneurs are interested in, but are not ready to jump into. So what are kind of your parting thoughts on that for them? I think now is such a great time to be writing and publishing books. There are so many opportunities for authors. Don't be afraid of, oh my goodness, am I going to get a publisher? Because there's self-publishing options. There's hybrid publishers who are out there. There's lots of people to help you with that journey. And again, because of the fact that it can establish your credibility and your authority in your space, it can really help boost your business in so many ways, even just beyond book sales. Don't even think of it in terms of the book sales. Think of it in terms of building your brand and all the opportunities that the bookish world offers to entrepreneurs right now. That's great. Well, if you want more wisdom and insight on that process, we'll make sure we have Desiree's information below the podcast. You can reach out to her if you're interested in in learning more and what it looks like to, to publish a book. But I think that's really exciting. So Desiree, thanks for joining us today. Nate, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. Good insights. So thank you listeners too for joining us and we will see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast. Bye.